friends, welcome to this episode of the Make Well Podcast. This podcast is for anyone who's practicing creativity in their daily life so that they can live a life of purpose and passion. Each week, we'll be interviewing Midwest makers that will unveil the behind the scenes of their journey and lessons along the way. We hope their stories help you live a creative life and inspire you to start today. Hey makers, welcome to the Make Well Podcast. This is Ashton and today we're so excited to welcome a very special guest. He's a previous army man and is the owner of an 1800s old English style craft cocktail bar in Mandan, North Dakota. Please help me welcome today's guest, Michael Kashi. Did I say that right? Yeah. Okay. That's <laughs> close like, enough. I realized I didn't check the name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks for being here today and sharing your story. Yeah, thanks for having me. Maybe let's start off with just a real quick who you are today and what you do. Oh, well, I'm Michael Cashy, and I own uh, Thomas and Moriarty's. Um, that's about 98%, I think, of my identity these days. So <laughs> Nice. <laughs> cool. Well, we love to start the podcast or your story with um, maybe that first kind of creative spark or outlet when you were a kid. Maybe it was just even brainstorming. Yeah, that's a tough one. I don't remember too much as a kid because I think I was uh, probably getting into trouble. So, <laughs> Well, that's creativity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's probably, I think, the hardest question I've ever been asked. Oh, my gosh. Is your first... Well, now I feel honored. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, what did you spend your free time doing? Maybe that's a better way of... I read a lot okay. uh, as a kid. I actually partially taught myself how to read. Oh, um, really? And then, I obviously, preschool, then uh, learned colors and stuff, so that was fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and where did you go call home growing up? I moved around a lot okay. um, until we moved to Linton when I was about eight, I think. Oh, okay. um, so the first uh, seven, eight years of my life was uh, moving around every other year or so, and then settled in Linton until uh, I graduated in 06. Were you playing around with food or drinks back in those childhood no, years? No, um, I <laughs> took off. I took after my mom, who was a oh. terrible cook, um, <laughs> and I never really learned how to cook until fairly recent. Okay. Um probably in the last, like really, really cooked about three or four years. Mm -hmm. And then I've been making drinks about seven, six or seven years now. Okay. So when you were in high school and you're kind of thinking about your next steps, cocktails were definitely not on the... No. Um, <laughs> I saw the movie Cocktail as a kid and wanted to be a bartender, uh, um, but I didn't drink at all. I know like, sure. li like this is a kind of a taboo subject, but <laughs> growing up in a small town, everyone yeah. drank, except... Yeah, yeah. Except to me. <laughs> um, so alcohol was the furthest thing from my mind. Yeah. Um, I actually joined the army because I had no plan. Oh, okay. So how long were you in the army? Uh, five years. Okay. And any interesting stories or experiences from that? It was all interesting. I, I got lucky <laughs> and got stationed over in Germany. Okay. And then I stayed there for two years after I got out. So then I really got to experience, like truly experience that. Mm-hmm. The German culture yeah. and like, yeah. did that inspire you later on? Do you think? I th like to think so. Yeah. Um, it opened, open, I'd say opened my eyes a lot to different um, cultures. Because when you're in the military overseas, you're still very much, you're kind of in little America. Mm. Um, I was out, I wasn't working for the government or anything. So I was 100% immersed in the German culture. So yeah. my my food was German. My drink was German. Everything mm -hmm. was German. 
I know that's such a huge part of a lot of our history in North Dakota is kind of that German side. So it seems like at least, you know, it was an appropriate country for where you are today. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was ironic because uh, in high school, my school only offered two classes, Spanish and German. Well, I was mm. like, oh, everyone learns Spanish and I'm never going to need to speak German. Well, I get out of the <laughs> army. I'm living in Germany and all my friends were Spanish. Yeah. It was, it was uh, ironic, I think. Yeah. Were there any challenging moments being a part of the army? Uh, I mean, the army is kind of challenging, usually yeah. training. Sure. Sure. Um, physically. Yeah. No, I, I think I, uh, I got, got through it fairly well. Yeah. What kind of, you know, what closed that chapter for you? I just didn't want to do it anymore. I yeah. was tired. I, I was only in for, well, only supposed to be in for four years, mm. but, uh, almost two of those years I had spent on deployment. So that, that gets exhausting. And I'm sure, like you said, you didn't know exactly what you wanted to do. So I'm sure those times in the army, you really get to know yourself really fast. Yeah. And then <laughs> just as quickly, you're like, nah, I don't want to do that anymore either. <laughs> well, sometimes that is the answer, right? Is like, oh, I'm not going to do yeah. this. Yeah. I'm going to do it, something else. It's all, it's all growing. Yeah, definitely. So what was kind of your next step after the army? Did you have kind of a game plan or what was? Yeah, I was actually um, planning on going to school for history education. I wanted to be a history teacher. Okay. And that's what I was doing before I got, um, I was just going to bartend through college Mm. and that was going to be it. Then ended up uh, really falling in love with the actual um, uh, cocktail culture. Uh, History is still a... um, still a possibility. It's just not the primary thing right now because with the bar, it, it takes up sure. a lot of uh, time. Yeah. So did you do college before or after the army? After. After yep, the I army. Was, okay. I uh, was going to BSC here and was planning on transferring after I had finished. So you're studying history. Did you end up bartending during that time? Yeah. I That's actually, yep. I was actually back, I think for two days when I got um, my first bartending job. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. So where was that? Uh, that would have been up at Luft, uh, Luft Humpback Sally's when, well, actually Humpback Sally's wasn't even open yet. Oh, um, sure. Yep, yeah. Luft was open, I think for two weeks when I yeah. uh, started working there. So at this point, I mean, have you kind of experimented on your own or were like you really getting no, your first foot I in the door? I had thought that bartending was just, well, pouring, like pouring drinks. Like that was yeah. it. Um, and then they, uh, I was working for a guy named Tobin Ellis. If anyone follows like bar culture, he, he honestly, he's a legend in the industry. Okay. Um, so I was super lucky to get to train under him and then Kate Gerwin as well. So they really opened me up to what, uh, bartending actually is. Yeah. What you signed up for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they shifted it from being just a job to a career for me. Yeah. And I know the Luft is amazing. So when the humpback opened, did you kind of, you know, move into the humpback space or? I think I was going to school at that time. So okay. I, I wasn't working as much, so I didn't get to learn that menu. Mm. Um, after a couple months though, I think school was out cause they opened in March or something like that. When school was okay. out, that's when I went down to humps and, and I, I loved working down there. Yeah. Um, that was basically my spot until uh, we opened. Sure. Well, I'd left for a little while just to get a break and then went back. So was it hard deciding between your kind of passion for history and the cocktails or was that like a really easy decision? No, because there's a lot. They actually 
kind of go hand in hand. And especially with American history as well, the cocktails and American invention for the most part. Um, so it's got a long history here in the U.S., which was something I had never known about. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose that's really true. You can learn the history about anything, really. Yeah. So what was it like being a part of a new bar or restaurant that was just starting, especially with these great people that you got to study under? Uh, it was chaotic, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. I think at the time there wasn't really anything like that around mm -hmm. here. So there was a little bit resistance from people at the beginning. But then once they realize that, you know, these are just good drinks or nothing crazy, nothing, <laughs> nothing uh, you have to uh, wear a suit and tie for, mm -hmm. uh, it started to open up. Yeah. And I mean, bringing something new to, to a community should get their attention and should bring yeah. them in. So it's cool that over time we started to adjust and yeah. got used to it. I just visited with um, Stephanie Miller of Butterhorn um, a couple of days ago, and she had the same experience yep. at Butterhorn, you know, doing something different but similar, just kind of this weird mix that the community had to learn how to adapt it to. Yeah, we're humans are a little resistant to change, I think. <laughs> yes, that's so, for sure. But once once they they get uh, get used to something, then they're then they're okay. Yeah. So how long were you working at Lufthansa Humpback? Five years. Five years. Yep. Wow, that's a long time yep. to really hone in on your craft. Yeah, I was gone for a few months because I had wanted to cook, so I had uh, oh, okay. left and went went and uh, cooked in town somewhere else. What What is your favorite part or your favorite memory from that experience? Mm -hmm. So there was an interesting. I, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's definitely a story. Um, <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> I had I had went back to Humpback Sally's, and I had wanted to cook during the week and bartend on the weekends. Okay. Um, so there was one, it was a Friday or a Saturday night and we were super busy, but at the same time, the kitchen was super short staffed. Mm. So I had taken someone's order, made their drinks, taken their food order, got called back into the kitchen, <laughs> cooked their food, <laughs> brought their, ran their food out, yeah. um, made another drink, went back and then cooked for another two hours. Oh my gosh. So you really served. served yeah, I, I literally, I took care of this person, <laughs> this uh, couple's entire order. Yeah. And did you enjoy that or was it just like super stressful? It was, it was stressful, but at the end, at the same time, it was, I kind of like that kind of stress. Yeah. Um, I, I like having stuff that's thrown at me that I'm not expecting. Mm -hmm. It's when I didn't plan for something that I should have planned for. That's <laughs> when I start to get actually like stress stressed. And I'm sure during that five year period, you know, anyone starting out in any industry, you're learning a lot, you're trying out a lot of things, but then you get to this point where you realize that you do have more of a niche passion for this certain kind of thing. Did that happen during your time there? You, oh, it, yeah, definitely. Um, it was it was the history bug. Uh, mm -hmm. We were talking about, I can't remember what, and then um, Tobin what, said something about... Yeah, and honestly, I can't even remember. This this should be. I'm gonna have to think back because this is a kind of a pivotal moment in my life. Um, but it was talking about history, and then we started mm -hmm. talking about Jerry Thomas, and then how yeah. um, bartending and cocktails had changed, and then okay. know, basically prohibition had ruined everything for a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So going from working at a bar to owning your own bar—that's a huge transition, right? <sighs> Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so walk me through maybe kind of your thought process or that decision making process with like, okay, I have this idea, but how do I actually make it happen? 
Well, luckily, um, my uh, business partner, girlfriend, and well, boss, and well, life and everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she has business experience, so she was able to do a lot of the cool. important, boring stuff that I know nothing <laughs> about. So, luckily, I had her with. But the like, I was just the concept guy. Mm. Um, and honestly, like the menu design and all that stuff, I gave her an idea, and she designed it. So, oh, cool. How did you know that you wanted it to be that 1800s feel? Is that kind of from that history that you loved? Yeah, that so that 18 uh 50 to 1890 era is called uh, we call it the golden age of okay. cocktails and so that's kind of what we had wanted to do simple drinks because for the most part they were very simple even though at the time they were cutting edge. Yeah. But at the same time good. Mm. Um so almost all of our drinks people can honestly make at home with just a handful of ingredients. Hmm. That's really cool. I mean, that's kind of inspiring because then you can kind of pass on that education to yeah. other people as well. Yeah. Was it hard finding a space in the Mandan Bismarck area? Yeah. So th- our spot now was actually our th- second and a half, I'll say, but third location. <laughs> um, okay. We had looked at one spot um, and the building manager was super excited for us to get in, in there. Um, but we had never heard back from the owners for like three three or four weeks. Mm. So we found another spot and then we had an issue. We started construction, had an issue with some, uh, fire code. And then we moved into our current spot, which is ironically right across the street from it. So I get to look at our old spot, which is a beautiful uh, building that was built in 1893. So it would have fit the time perfectly. Mm, That's so perfect. And I know when you come in, you feel that. So I think that was an amazing decision. yeah. Yeah. We, we got, I think if we would have went to another one of the spots, our bar would have been a different, much different bar. Sure. And let's talk about the name. What was the inspiration for the name? So Jerry Thomas uh, had was a bartender in the 1800s. I had written the first um, bartending manual. Um, okay. And he was like one of the most famous figures at the time. Um, and then uh, Moriarty is James Moriarty from Sherlock Holmes. We had wanted to do kind of an 1800s mm-hmm. literature themed and ironically, like they didn't live at the same time. <laughs> uh, Jerry Thomas would have been dead by the time the oh, Sherlock Holmes stories yeah. started taking place. But we'll uh, we'll figure out a way to work that in somehow. Yeah, he faked his death or something. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so I'm sure you have all of these drink ideas, and obviously, the golden age is kind of what you're targeting. But was it hard to narrow in on some of those key cocktails? Um. Honestly, I think that initial menu we did was probably the easiest one. Because it's probably just sitting in your head, all of these ideas. Yeah, then it was. Now Mm -hmm. I got to do a little (laughs) bit of work for it. Um, We're going on two years and now we're doing almost weekly menu changes during the COVID thing because we can't, um, we have to reprint our menus. So we're doing disposable menus. Gotcha. So So maybe what's one of those favorite cocktails from that first menu? If you can trying to think it. back, um, <laughs> probably uh, we had one called the To Hell with Hearst, which is a play on a cocktail called a Remember the Main, which is a Manhattan variation. Mm. Um, I really loved that drink. And then, I mean, the story behind the name of the drink is kind of interesting, too. Yeah, um, so it's it's for it's another drink for the history geeks. <laughs> so when people buy these cocktails from you, do you enjoy jumping in and giving them kind of the history, or do you kind of gauge their only interest? only if they want? <laughs> I've I've seen I know some uh, bartenders who will just go into it right away, and you can tell they they don't want to listen. 
Oh, or they they sure. they don't they want to drink. They don't want to be yeah. lectured on anything. So yeah, or they're um, meeting friends or family. Yeah, and they want to chit chat or yeah. Not not everyone loves um, cocktail culture. They just want the <laughs> drinks. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a favorite uh, liqueur? Uh, I'm. It uh, depends on my the season, I guess. Um, typically, I really love absinthe, but mm-hmm. I like that. I like black licorice. Okay. Um, in the summer, I'll always go through a rum kick. Ooh, um, so, I'm a rum gal. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, it's a pretty diverse and misunderstood spirit. Um, yeah. And if you look at our summer menus, it's always fairly rum centric. Okay. Very cool. I'll have to stop in soon and get one of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, we always have a couple on the menu. Yeah, that's great. So today, do you still, do you help with some of the management stuff or are you mainly behind the bar making those cocktails and... No, I'm still, I, I run the bar. That, that's yeah, it. Um, that's your home. Yep. No, nope. yeah. if I had to do tax paperwork, we would, <laughs> we would have been closed a long time ago. <laughs> We'd have lost our license. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's great that you have a business partner that can kind of do yeah. some of that part for you. So what is maybe one of the most challenging parts about being a bartender? Keeping your cool, probably. Oh, really? Yeah, sometimes. Just with the people or with your own frustrations or? Both. Both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we actually, we have a really good group um, because we're not a bar that people typically come to get like super drunk. Sure. Um, Yeah. They're there for the craft of it. Yeah. We're kind of, we're a a laid back, low key kind of place. Yeah. And you said, you said that you've been around for two years now? Yeah. Two and a half. Two and a half. So what have been some of the biggest wins or most memorable moments from the past two years? We made... um, a top 10 list of Ooh. USA Today. Yeah. Um, that was a shock. And did they give you any warning or did it just come out? It they... just, it just came out. <laughs> yep. That's a good, good morning. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I w- wasn't expecting that. Um, yeah. that's probably, I think my, my top, top moment. Yeah. How did you know how they found you or how they, well, decided? that one, it was actually com- a list compiled by, um, Kate, Oh, um, very cool. But we hadn't uh, talked since they had left, mm-hmm. um, but she had been sending people in. So I'm like, well, if, cool. she, if she trusts people enough to put her <laughs> reputation on the line, I guess we got to be okay. Yeah. Have you ever been able, like at Thomas and Moretti's, been able to make a cocktail for her? No, she hasn't been back. Oh, okay. Nope. Well, that'll be a fun moment when she comes back yeah. someday. Yeah. <laughs> I have to go down there. Yeah. I guess, so what is your vision for the future of Thomas and Moriarty's? Uh, most people would say they want to expand, but um, yeah, I think we want to we want to keep it small, keep it local, like here. Yeah, because um, it's a 30-person space yeah, about. Yeah, we only hold about 35 or so. Right mm-hmm. now we're down to 24, I think. Okay. Um, just because of uh, restrictions on bars. Well, I know that a lot of people... It's good to know that answer because a lot of people, like you said, want to scale. They want to maybe have multiple locations, but there is something really special about sticking to what you know, what you love, and yeah. making it really great for everyone involved. Yeah, uh, we would like to eventually be able to do off sale. That's another license, mm, but that, mm-hmm. those are fairly expensive. Um, but other than that, we just want to kind of focus and keep keep growing internally as opposed to 
um, moving out. And you just mentioned the license. Was that a hard process? Because I know a lot of people go through. That ironically was easier than finding a location. Oh, um, okay. The Mandans, uh, we actually have a restaurant license, which is a little bit uh, easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Mandan too doesn't have the crazy um, limits as far as I know that Bismarck does. Okay. So we didn't have to pay like a quarter of a million dollars to get an alcohol license. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) So how do you stay inspired and motivated? Do you still follow some of those craft cocktail bartenders or what's that world look like? Um, Yeah, I I still, well, talk to quite a few of my bartender friends and um, reading. I've really jumped back into reading again. So that seems to be my main source of inspiration is all see like one flavor, uh, flavor combination. And then I'll be like, okay, like how can we work around that? Or how can we change that and make it ours? Yeah. That's really sweet. And you said that you're changing the menu every week. Yeah. So that's exciting for anyone who's looking for a good cocktail. Yeah. And (laughs) different too. Yeah. So I guess looking back to those earlier years, you said that you liked to read and what piece of advice or words of wisdom would you give your younger self if you could go back? Keep reading. Yeah. Yeah. Um, probably. Or do, <laughs> do your homework, I guess. Do you? <laughs> yeah. I barely, uh, I barely made it out, made it out of high school, but look at me now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. So our final question is always, what is one thing you wish that you were really good at, but you aren't? And how do you work around it? Numbers. Numbers. I wish I was good at numbers. <laughs> Anything specifically or? Just in general or organization. Yeah. I'm pretty disorganized. Yeah. <laughs> and then how do you kind of overcome it? I know you mentioned your partner, but. That's it. I, I have a crutch instead of working around it. <laughs> nice. Great. Well, thanks for coming in and sharing more about, you know, your craft. I know a lot of people love the cocktails that you make. So it's an honor to well, get to have you here. Tell them thank you. <laughs> okay, will do thanks again for listening to this episode of the make well podcast if you enjoyed today's episode please leave us a review on itunes or subscribe wherever podcasts are found if you'd like to learn more about the make well community or get connected you can visit wearemakewell.com or at wearemakewell on instagram all right we'll see you next time friends